Hey everyone, real big announcement. Don't go anywhere. Do not skip over this. I am going to be doing more podcasts. Yep. Instead of just getting a notification once a week on Sundays, you are now going to get a notification. That's assuming you get notifications for this podcast on your phone three times a week. I am making more podcasts. They are going to be shorter in duration than the regular uploads, but they're going to be oftener. In order for me to keep doing that, I need your help. I need Patreon support. And in order to light a fire under your belly for that, I am offering a free copy of my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched, for those who sign up at the $10 a month level. So head on over right now to SuzanneBanker.com slash podcast. Scroll a little bit down. You'll see the orange become a Patreon subscriber button. You click on that, hit the $10 button, and you will get a free digital copy ASAP of my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched. More importantly, you're going to have more Suzanne Banker show coming your way. So I really, really appreciate everybody to take a hot second, pause this program, jump on over to SuzanneVanker.com slash podcast, click on that button, become a subscriber, and then come right back over here and join us. I'll be waiting. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So today I'm going to answer a handful of emails in no particular order. This one is from Sophia. Hi, Suzanne, huge fan of yours. Maybe you can answer this on the podcast. Here goes. My boyfriend and I have been dating for four years. We're 22 and 23. I'm kind of depressed living at home. I want to spend my 20s moved out of my parents' house, not necessarily with him, just independent from my parents. He is totally content living with his dad for the foreseeable future and would prefer me to stay around our hometown. Okay, so this this actually requires a little bit more information, but since I don't have it, I'm just going to answer it in a general sense. So that should be a really big red flag, bottom line. Anybody would be depressed living at home in your 20s. <laughs> so you're normal. Um, I mean, except for a temporary situation, of course, you know, for a couple of months or whatever, I get that. But If you're talking about hanging up your hat at home for years, uh, as he seems intent on doing, it it just isn't normal to be comfortable in that space. And if he is comfortable in that space, that means A, his parents made it too comfortable for him without putting down, um, you know, rules such as it's time for you to be out on your own and or he is not motivated to do so on his own, which is problematic because I don't know, again, I don't know what the circumstances are. If, if he were temporarily there due to a job change, a career change, um, shifting out of school into a job, whatever, that's a totally different ballgame. But if he's content there, 
that that's an indicator that you're essentially dealing with a boy who is not yet a man. And your choices there are either to stick around and wait for him to become a man. I guess that's option one. You can see where I'm going with this or moving on. And like I said, I want to talk about this just for a second in a more general sense for women. At the end of the day, it's, it's almost always, it will almost always end in disaster to hitch your train to a boy who's not yet a man. Because until he's found himself, for lack of a better word, you guys know I don't really like that phrase, but until he's found, let's say this, found his professional footing and his purpose and where he's going to go and what those plans are, until he's got that in place, you're just waiting around hoping that he's going to get there. Do some people get there? Sure. You may waste a lot of years in the meantime in hopes that that will happen, but just as many, if not more so, don't ever get there. Or by the time they do get there, it's just way too late for you. So you have to be thinking about where you're going, which it sounds like you are, and where he's going. And if those, and if the destination isn't the same, which in your case, it's living on your own versus his wanting to live at home, then it's not going to work and you need to move on. And the faster you move on, the easier, the happier you will be down the road. That I can assure you. I speak with far too many women who wasted years of their lives with men who they hoped would change down the road and, of course, did not. Okay, Sophia, so I hope that helps. This next one's from Lindsay. Actually, this one's not so much a question. It's just a comment. Um, She's 40. I know everyone must say this, but I wish I had heard your message during the early years of my relationship with my husband. Married 17 years, together for 21. I was a brutal woman, a brutal woman, a total product of my generation. And I married a very sweet man who was a bit broken from childhood traumas. And I took advantage of his sweetness until it nearly broke him. We fought back from the edge of divorce. And now we can say that we've had 10 years of darkness and hurt and 10 glorious years of real respect and authentic love. Thank you for doing what you do. You are a voice crying out in the wilderness and my goodness, it's needed now now more than ever. Thank you, Lindsay, for saying that. And I just want to point out to people that This is literally what I do with my coaching. This particular gal is not a coaching client of mine, but um, she's touching upon essentially what I do every week, which is bring back relationships that have gone off the rails for simple, not simple, but for, for a lot of deep reasons that have to do with childhood wounds and things that we're bringing with us to the table that really at the end of the day is a choice once you start to redirect your mind and think about things differently. So in other words, when you're in the, you're, you're in the relationship and you think it's the end and you think you have to get divorced, there's no other alternative. What so often happens is that you're really going to end up getting divorced and getting divorced again, because you're taking the underlying problem with you. And that is lacking the skills for what is needed to make a marriage work for the long haul. And more specifically, to speak and communicate and behave and all of that in such a way that brings out the best in the other person. And this is usually women not knowing how to do this for men. And there's, and there's a lot to that, uh, not for men, sorry, uh, women 
women not knowing how to bring out the best in a man because they've been so acculturated to do the exact opposite. And coupled with that, they're bringing with them whatever those wounds are from childhood, whether they're a product, product of divorce or they've seen their parents' marriage that was, you know, really bad and they didn't want to emulate that or whatever. So it's just a lot of junk. It's just a lot of junk that you bring to the relationship and to the marriage table. And it's, and we all contend with it. I don't think any of us are really exempt from it. It's a matter of what are you going to do about it? You know, where do you want to go with this fact? You can't undo any of that, but you can choose how you're going to move forward. You can break up, get divorced, whatever, and try again with someone else. But the chances are very, very great that you're going to end up right back in that same boat again. It's a matter of learning skills that you haven't been taught at the end of the day. So this gal, Lindsay, is living proof of that. So that's why I wanted to read hers, even though she didn't have a question per se. Okay, this next one is from Britt. I'm a stay-at-home mom to a 14-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. My husband's family is extremely liberal, or sorry, extremely liberal-minded. I think there can be kind of a difference, actually, in that, but that's another conversation. My husband's sister-in-law is the main breadwinner, and his mom is an extremely opinionated feminist type and constantly disrespects my father-in-law in front of everyone. Ever since I had kids, she has made comments about my going back to work and how she could never just sit at home. And if somebody talks about a job or a business that someone else started, she will say things like, oh, maybe that's what you can do, Brittany. <laughs> what should I say to my mother-in-law in response? Oh, my gosh. Shut the hell up. Right? No, that's what you want to say. I, this is this is hard. I have to say, I've, I've not been in this situation personally, but I have heard about plenty of people who are, and it makes me crazy. Look, at the end of the day, you're going to have to develop a confidence and a thick skin knowing that what you're doing is the right thing and that whenever you get that pushback from anybody, but I know it's doubly hard if it's your mother-in-law, for God's sake, or for any family member for that matter, your own parents. That's the other thing that, that I hear a lot of, which makes me nuts. You have to understand that that's coming from their own stuff. That's their own. Those are their own issues being projected onto you. Anyone who has a problem with the way you're living your life is literally making an announcement that they, not that so much that they hate their own, but that they're not content with the choices they've made. That's all that means because anyone who's happy with their own life and their own choices wouldn't give a flying hoot what somebody else does. So you have to keep that in your mind every time she makes a comment. And then of course, after that, you need a strategy for how to, how to respond, right? This is what you're asking me. It's hard to do this without specific examples, but I'll just do my best. The best way to respond to somebody who's antagonistic in that way, or who's trying to make a statement about how you should live your life is to close off the conversation in some capacity. So you might say something like, oh, that's interesting that you think that. Or it's so great not have something like this. It's so great not having to question myself when I know I'm doing the right thing. You know, just something that sort of stops it in its place and lets the other person know 
that they can't affect you the way that they want to. But you're not mad, right? You're not going to you're not going to show anger. You're just going to be extremely confident and come up with sort of a standard answer every time she mentions something. Or even like even if she says something about how someone else has life that's so great, you could say something like, "Oh, that sounds great for them." So glad I'm happy in my life, you know, or you don't even have to add that second part. Just, oh, sounds great for them. You know, they'll get the message. They'll get the message. Okay. I hope that helps, Britt. This next one is from Mallory. Dear Suzanne, please give me cold, hard advice. Oh my Lord. I don't know how to give any other kind of advice. So we're good there. Was I wrong for not wanting to wait three years to be married? I am 30. My first boyfriend of seven months broke up with me because I didn't want to wait three years to get married and another two years to start family. We weren't going to live together. He's in med school and will be $300,000 in debt when he graduates. He didn't agree with my being willing to sacrifice nursing school to instead get a job with my first degree. I don't know what that is, but that's okay. To have cash flow and be married. He doesn't want a woman with one purpose to be a wife and mother. I feel shattered. I waited so long to find someone worth being in a relationship with. I want to be a nurse. It's my dream, but my biggest dream is being a wife and mother. What do I do now? Do I start nursing school in January and hope I meet a good man or not go into debt and work a job with my first degree? Genuinely heartbroken and wanting advice. Your books helped me so much, but I never saw this one coming. Okay, so there's several things going on here. As far as your starting nursing school at 30, um, and which if you're saying that would require you to go into debt, no, I, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, it, it sounds like you want to work from what I'm gathering. I don't know what happened with the nursing school back when you were, you know, 22, 23, but I'm going to assume it, you, 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 you didn't follow through with it because you didn't want to, I guess, because, because you have this other degree, which I don't know what it is. And you want to work at that or at a job using that, to make money. And I think that's, um, a great plan. Um, so I'm just going to assume that if, if it's really that you really want to go to nursing school, that's kind of a different conversation. Um, look, this is why I keep talking to people about how to date early on so that you get out of the way before you've fallen in love, before you've had sex, before you're all the way in and then have to deal with this kind of, um, stuff, this decision, this heartbreak is to find out from the get-go whether or not the other person's on the same page. And that includes what they value. I'm not sure. I'm a little confused about how you would get seven months in with someone only to find out then he doesn't want what you want. I guess I'm confused by that. I would need some more information because it seems to me that throughout the course of those months, that would have been obvious somehow just in the course of conversation, right? And the regular, regular conversations would, would, would make that obvious. So the fact that you're here now, I'm sorry that the advice is going to be hard because I don't know what else to say, but you, you and he don't want the same things. He doesn't, he doesn't value what you value. So sticking around with him in hopes that it's going to work out is, is, is not, is not a plan. It's not a good plan. You clearly are not on the same page and I know it's hard and I'm sorry that you're so far in, but once again, the lesson here, not just for you, Mallory, but for all women and all men for that matter is 
find out at the get-go what the other person sees for his or her life. Where is that person going? Do it long before you're, you've, you've gotten so far in that you're entangled. You know, in the past, that's what a lot of people did um, because they didn't have so much time to waste, which I think sometimes that's the problem today. We have too much too much time in our 20s to just think that everything's going to work out later. And so there's just not enough getting right to get, getting down to business when you're dating. And, and that's just a mistake because you're going to end up in, in a boat like this. So I'm sorry, Mallory. I hope that's helpful. Um, but it's good for, for moving forward for sure. Um, yeah, I would, do what you want to do, which is to not go into debt and to work a job with your first degree. And you will find someone whose values match yours. Just get on with it. That's, that's really the best advice I have. Okay. This one is from Tiara. Hi, Suzanne. I hope that this is okay. I'm writing to you. I'm a huge fan of your podcast and I try to listen every Sunday and I have a dating question. I went on a first date with a guy. He was nice and he had a stable and good job, which is great. However, he gave off the energy that he's not very at all, very or at all masculine in his mannerisms and demeanor. I don't want to be too picky, but I do want more of a masculine guy that has leadership qualities. And I worry that the guy might be more feminine because I've been around those guys before and I never feel safe around them. And I don't, I mean, and I feel like they force me in a way to be more masculine and to pick up the slack there. And that's something I don't want. Do you think this should be a deal breaker? It's only been the first date, so I'm okay with seeing if maybe I should get to know him more to see if I'm what I'm seeing is correct or not, but I'm a little worried about it. okay, yeah, yes, it is a deal breaker look i there's no question that um that what's happened societally has completely changed women's and men's natural ways in shaming them for being masculine and feminine. Because the ultimate goal is interchangeability between the sexes. We want to pretend that there are no differences. And so what you have is women who are suppressing their femininity and men who are suppressing their masculinity. And it's like trying to hold a ball underwater. It doesn't work. It's going to come back up to the surface. You can 100% guarantee. I mean, I can 100% guarantee that that will happen. So basically you're faking it. You're, 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 you're moving through. Well, she's not, but this guy is, um, unless he really is gay, in which case that's another ball game. But see, that's the problem. So many women have today is they can't determine the difference between the gay guys and the effeminate guys. That's what we've done by suppressing masculinity. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a mess because nobody knows who's straight anymore. Um, let's just assume this guy is straight, right? Cause he's dating her. And that he's just effeminate. And if he's, you know, the, I mean, you could attempt to have an actual conversation about that and help him see that that's not good or that's not what you want and see what, what comes of it. I mean, you could, that would be kind of an interesting experiment since you're early on in the process. But um, if it were me, I would, I would just move on because that wouldn't interest me from just, just, just from a chemistry standpoint, that wouldn't interest me, but also it would be really annoying to expect me to be the man. Cause that I don't want that. Okay. Um, and this one last one is from, 
Oh my gosh. I don't have the name. Oh yeah. Remy, Remy, Remy or Remy. And this isn't a question. It's just a, it's just a comment, which I appreciate. Dear Suzanne, your most recent book saved my life. You put so much in, I'm assuming she means how to get hitched and stay hitched, the newer one. You put so much into perspective. I'm a young 25 year old surgeon. And while I had been ruminating for years about where I was making the right decision, I was not a satisficer, as you said in your book. Rather, I was the opposite, always thinking about my choices a million times over and never making a choice in the end. Your book gave me the information, tools, and realism in a digestible way so that, that so resonated with me. It allowed for me, it pushed me to finally make a decision, sorry, and to be proud and confident in it. And for that, I will forever be thankful to you. Okay. I just the reason I wanted to say that is because I wanted to point out that there is so much more in well in my books in general, but especially the recent one, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched. That's that's than just about relationships per se. She's she's pointing to the fact that I talk about being a satisficer, which basically means learning how to be content with what you have and not comparing yourself which of course is extremely difficult in these, these days, these times. And, but regardless of whether or not it's difficult, you have to develop a strategy to do that. Otherwise you are going to be miserable because it's just, it isn't, it's, it's totally human to compare your life, but at the end of the day, it, there's no end to it. And you, and you, and if you don't stay in your own lane and stay focused on your life, you're going to be unhappy. So that's what she was getting at there. And I just wanted to read that to point out that there's just so much more in what I write than just about relationships per se. It's stuff that's supposed to embolden you for those relationships and, but also your life. And that includes things like, um, you know, how to think, how to, how to, how to have a mindset and think in such a way that allows you to be successful at the end of the day. That's what I'm going for. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker show. Before you leave us, I'd appreciate it if you'd take one minute to give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about The Suzanne Becker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.